And I'm Hazel, and we're Carrot and Stick, a writing podcast that's all about trying out weird writing advice we find on the internet and seeing if it actually helps us fight writer's block. This week, our piece of advice was something that I termed opposite genre in the previous episode, but the more that I tried it and the more that I brainstormed, the more that I thought that the word opposite was a little strong, and so in my notes I called it branching out. So this week we branched out by trying to write things that were not the normal length we would normally write, that weren't in the normal genre we would write, and were for an audience we wouldn't normally write for. Would you say that yours was like a real opposite? In some ways. um, I wrote sci-fi adult poetry. Oh! Yeah, what a combo. I know what you are all thinking, which is, why don't I read more sci-fi adult poetry? And that's because uh, I'm a pioneer. (laughs) (laughs) It's out there. I think we just got to look for it. That's true. I'm sure it's out there. And yeah, so I tried to do that. Um, What was your opposite genre? Or how did you branch out? So I branched out by writing a horror romance. Romance is not exactly out of my wheelhouse. I write a lot of romance, but I I wanted specifically to write heterosexual romance, which is something I never do. And I almost succeeded. (laughs) Ooh, I'm excited to dive in and figure out what that means. When I was brainstorming, all of my sci-fi ideas would creep towards fantasy, where I'd be like, well, but what if it's like in the past? (laughs) You can have past science fiction. That works. That's true. Well, I was complaining to Ben about it and saying like, well, you know, all the sci-fi things I want to do are less guns and robotics. And I keep pushing things towards fantasy where I'll think, oh, that's a cool idea. If only it were magic instead. And Ben was like, far enough in the future. Science just does magic. Maybe. It kind of depends on presentation. I think he's also more imaginative than I am. Because I was like, no, magic is a thing for people with pointy hats and wands. Everyone knows this. Rules. (laughs) Rules. (laughs) Yeah, I also did some brainstorming in my notebook and had a silly thing, which was I tried to make a bullet-pointed list of what makes something adult. So here are my bullet points. I bullet-pointed sexy times. Correct. Violence. Debatable. (laughs) Go on. Age. Okay. And then my last one was boring things. (laughs) In your uh, sci-fi poem, is there, like, a long stanza about just doing taxes? There should be. Add that to the list. Frantically writes down notes. Insert taxes. So how many words did you write during this week of branching out like a fruitful tree? Oh, man. 553. Ooh, nice. So I, I, um, I think that I spent a lot of the earlier part of the week brainstorming, and that's what caused me to get kind of a late start. But, you know, it's a very solid... 553? I'm not mad. I was gonna say that I only wrote 100, but I'm gonna chalk that up to poetry. Every word counts. Every word is worth a dozen. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I am on the same train with you, though, about uh, I needed more time to brainstorm, is how I felt. And part of why I was like, maybe a poem would be more appropriate than a short story. So would you call it a success? Actually, I was not the biggest fan of this challenge, I think, because I really hate rushing brainstorming. Um, like the come up with the ideas phase is always something where I just want as much time as I feel like I need. This actually comes up a lot in Dungeons and Dragons, um, also known as D&D for the discerning listener, <laughs> which is a role playing game. Um, and every time you start a new campaign, you create a new character and a new character involves making choices about what race they are, what class they are, class being like, are they a sneaky rogue or are they a axe wielding fighter? Um, Also, obviously, their age, their gender, all of those things. And in the lead up to a new campaign, 
Uh, my wonderful husband will always be like, what sort of character do you want to play? And I'm like, I can't answer that right now. I, I don't know when I'll be able to answer that. And he's like, I was thinking of this. What sort of, you know, what category, like any category? I'm like, I don't know. I have I have no idea. Like, I don't have an interesting seed yet that like has really gotten me excited. So it felt a lot like that to me where I would sit there and be like, stop looking at me, sci-fi adult poem assignment. I don't have something for you yet. I don't have a seed that I'm committed to enough to like pick it yet. So I felt like I, I had more of the urge to pick up my other side projects rather than start something new when I didn't have something that I was really compelled to write. Mm. I feel like I'm much more of a Ben type because when I have, like, the vaguest inkling of an idea, I just start chasing that down until it leads somewhere interesting, as opposed to trying to get all my ducks in order. I love ordering ducks. I'm just like, if I have one duck, I can make this float. It's fine. Ooh, I like that. That's a good motto. Yeah. We're gonna make t-shirts eventually. (laughs) So would you consider it a success? I think that even by, like, eventually landing on an idea that made me excited and made me want to write, it was a success. Just in that alone. Even if it didn't end up being as opposite as I intended. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, that's fair. Uh, did anything surprise you about this challenge? I think what surprised me the most is how quickly I fell back into old habits. I have a note in my survey that says, you cannot fight your fate, especially if your fate is to write about gay robots. That sounds very accurate. <laughs> Thank you for being so accepting. Why fight it? What surprised you? It just really reminded me, oh, I, I wrote, I need to know myself so deep. But more specifically, just that... I think I know that I can't rush the brainstorming, um, so it was a good reminder that I know that about myself, and that is a good thing to keep in mind when I am frustrated and I don't have, like, an idea that I care about yet. It's coming, but it will take some time. Um, And also, I was surprised that attempting to write something that I didn't fall in love with made me really itch to get back to the sort of side projects that were not inspiring me a crazy amount at the moment, but still more so than this. So bad. I think in that way, the challenge was still kind of like a quasi-success, though, because it had a positive effect, even if it wasn't the one that we were shooting for. That's true. That's true. All writing is good writing! All writing is good writing. (laughs) What helped you write this week? So, like I said, I I chose to write a horror piece, and I was pretty inspired by all of the horror stuff I've watched or read recently. And so, in movies, I watched uh, Get Out by Jordan Peele recently, which really amusingly combines... Amusingly and horrifyingly combines horror and romance, and uh, Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. So good! Mm -hmm. Which was your recommendation, thank you. You're welcome. See, everyone, listen to our weekly favorites. They are so excellent. Yes, it's true, we have good taste. There's also been a lot of good, like, talk online about uh, representation of queer characters and stuff, because a lot of times when you have a queer character and they're involved in a narrative that's, like, problematic in some way... People get all uppity and say that it's, like, bad representation. Mm -hmm. But part of the problem with that way of thinking is that you assume that one person's narrative is supposed to be representative of everyone's, which is never going to be the case. Yeah, I think that happens a lot, too, with racial issues and also in terms of feminism as well, where it's just like, if there's only one female Avenger, for example, if you only have a Black Widow, it's very easy to pin all your hopes, all your expectations on one character that you assume is representative of, like, all female characters because there's no one else in the picture. And the way to do that is just to increase the number of narratives that are going on, but, like, you yourself can only create so many narratives. 
That's true, unless you are a narrative-pumping machine. Indeed. So, you know, reading that kind of stuff and listening to other people talk about how, like, if it's representative of your experience, it's still valid, even if it doesn't reflect everyone else's experience, made me feel a little bit better about, you know, the choices that I make (laughs) in my stories. Mm -hmm. What inspired you this week? I felt inspired, um, kind of like I was saying earlier, just about doing something, working on something I didn't love working on made me want to get back to work on the things that I do really like. So, and also, I guess when I was also talking about knowing yourself, I think too, that I always thought it was kind of weird that I liked to write fantasy, but then I also like to write weird comedic contemporary stuff. And now I understand that that is kind of mimicking what this challenge does a little bit of giving you something that's refreshing and different to work on. It's just that this genre that I picked was not the branch that I want to climb up to mix some weird metaphors. But you never would have known if you hadn't tried. That's true. That's true. But I think that my goals for next week are probably to go work on the silly graphic novel, basically, that I would rather work on. So I'm going to probably abandon the poem. Um, I think we'll see, though. Um, And to query some agents, which I did not really actually do last week, like I said, because I was too busy beaching and brunching. But what are your goals? Um, I have a work retreat, and uh, after that's done, there's a writer's conference that's happening in Tokyo that I'm going to go to first time. Yay! That sounds really cool. Yeah, I think it should be fun, and I'm excited to, you know, meet new writers and go, like, listen to a lot of talks. So if I don't get a whole lot of actual writing done, like, so be it. So I'm not going to be too hard on myself with goals. If I can carve out any time for writing, especially when I'm on this retreat, I'll feel satisfied. That's true. Instead of just word count... We should do word count and number of writers' conferences attended. I will have a solid one. And I will have zero, so you're you're just going to be so far ahead. Actually, maybe I'll make my goal to do, like, a couple of pomodoros. Ooh, yay, pomodoros! Are you going to try some cherry tomatoes? Maybe. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> uh, so what would you say overall judgment for opposite genre? It's a fun uh, way to break up your schedule. I think it worked particularly well for us because in the timing that we chose for this, it was after you had just finished editing your novel, and it was kind of okay to play around and also spend less time writing and more time brainstorming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And I think um, exercises like this are always good if you feel stuck, because you might write something you never thought you would, or you might discover that you don't want to write this, and it'll push you towards something you're more interested in. So yeah, I feel like worth a try if you're feeling like you got that writer's block. But I think it was really funny what we chose to come up with, Listeners, if you did take part in this challenge or want to take part in this challenge, please tell us what your opposite genre was. And you can do that by tweeting at us at Lizzie and Hazel, Lizzie with a Y, or you can email us at carrotandstickpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be the best person ever, you can go on iTunes and leave us a rating and a review and just make your review your opposite genre in all caps. Oh my gosh, yes, please do that. Just drop whatever poetry you're writing right into that iTunes review. We will have the most beautiful review box in all history. Oh my gosh, so true. Uh, So for next week's challenge, what are we doing? For next week's challenge, we're doing something called Morning Pages by Julia Cameron. She is the author of The Artist's Way, uh, and she coined this method, uh, which there's actually a great excerpt from her website, which I'm going to read directly, that explains how morning pages work. Ahem. Morning pages are three pages of longhand, stream-of-consciousness writing done first thing in the morning. There's no wrong way to do morning pages. They are not high art. They are not even, quote, writing, end quote. They are about anything and everything that crosses your mind, and they are for your eyes only. Morning pages provoke, clarify, comfort, cajole, prioritize, and synchronize the day at hand. Do not overthink morning pages. Just put three pages of anything on the page 
and then do three more pages tomorrow. I like how your voice got gradually more and more soothing as you started reading that. I think that's just the power of morning pages. It's already affecting me. It's already making me comfort and cajole and provoke and clarify. So as Lizzie knows, and as some of you have probably been able to pick up, I'm not the most on my game when this podcast is recorded. No, it's fine. Because it is in the morning. And uh, this should be an interesting challenge. If nothing else, it should give Lizzie and I a lot of funny notes to read to each other next week. Oh my gosh, yeah. I hope you're all really looking forward to us reading some samples of this wacky free writing that is... uh, for our eyes only, except it's also for the ears of the oh, entire public. excuse me. No, no, I think that's fine. I think as long as you aren't writing them thinking people are going to read them, like, I'm going to basically assume that, you know, 95% of this is never going to get read, and I'm not going to, like, pull an excerpt that's horrific or something. Like, I'm, I, I don't think it will really impact us knowing that we might glance through it for snippets to read later. I'm going to be thinking about a whole lot of nothing, so... I think we should also make sure that um, if you think it's possible... Do the morning pages before recording the podcast, too, next week, maybe? Yeah, I can I can do that. I'll have to set my alarm a little bit earlier, but I can do it. I'll probably try to do a little bit today, actually. It's not first thing in the morning, but... I think that's fine. Yeah. I had that thought, too, where I was like, are we talking roll out of bed and start writing? Or is this, like, get your coffee, take your shower, that sort of thing before you get to work, you know? I think it might be a as you're drinking your coffee, but not before the caffeine kicks in type thing. If you're, like, really stanky and you don't want to sit down and write, then I think you can shower first. That's fair. That's fair. But maybe not. I don't know. Like, so this uh, method actually got a lot of praise in the entrepreneur community, which, go figure, it's supposed to boost productivity. So anything that'll boost your productivity is will be, like, worshipped like nectar from the gods. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to laugh to interrupt you, but I was like, lol. <laughs> uh, so... Part of the appeal of this challenge is that it takes all of the miscellaneous thoughts that have been bouncing around your head and kind of puts them all in, down in one place so that you're able to approach your day's tasks with more like clarity of mind and focus, which I feel like takes the whole fun out of free writing. But what do I know? I'm just a writer. <laughs> I was going to say, am I, is this supposed to, well, I guess we'll see, but I'm like, is this supposed to be idea dumping? Is, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've really not free written and I don't journal. There is no wrong way to do morning pages. You are so right. It's like the words haven't sunk in yet, but hopefully after seven days. (laughs) So I'd say it's about time for our weekly favorites. Hazel, what was your weekly favorite? Oh, wait, actually, dear listeners, we both agreed nothing. (laughs) But then we brainstormed for a little bit longer and came up with something. (laughs) It's been a hard week, everyone. Um, We're trying our best. So you said it wasn't really anything external this week. So what did you enjoy that was more internal? So I've been really enjoying a role-playing game that I've been doing online. It's been giving me a lot of life and making me smile a lot. Also, um, it was my birthday this past week. And little fun tidbit, the microphone that I use to record all of my audio for this podcast was a birthday gift. So I'm very appreciative of that. Oh, yay. Yeah, it was a toss-up for me. I, I kind of listed, I've been re-watching Great British Bake Off uh, with my friend who is staying with me, which has been always a delight. Uh, I also finished watching Victoria last week, uh, which was, you know, excellent, very good, much approval. But I don't know if any of these things were, like, blow me out of the water amazing, except for GBBO, which is just, like, pretty consistently the best. GBBO? Oh, that's uh, what in the know people call the Great British Bake Off. 
Oh. <laughs> you don't sound impressed. <laughs> Oops. But when we're not baking, we are trying our best to write. And if you want to follow some of our writing misadventures, our Tumblr is Carrot and Stick Podcast. And as we mentioned earlier, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, you really ought to leave an iTunes review because it helps other people find this podcast. And the more people who listen to it, the more writing there will be in the world, I assume. So it's pretty great. Also, it just makes us smile. We love hearing feedback. That's true. We really do. I've gotten a lot of very nice text messages from people who I know personally listening, and I wanted to thank you guys for that. It's wonderful to receive those. If you want to reach out not in a review, you can email us at carrotandstickpodcast at gmail.com. Our DMs are open, I think, on Twitter at Lizzie and Hazel. I know what a DM is. Do you? Yeah, I do. Nice. <laughs> Big thank you to Slime Girls, who let us use their track You Belong off of No Summer No Cry for our intro and outro music. If you want to listen to You Belong or any of their other tracks, you can go find them at slimegirls.bandcamp.com. We will see you in episode seven. In the meantime, provoke, clarify, comfort, and cajole and write some words. Ooh, nice. But Hazel, what is genre? This is something I think about a lot, actually. And I feel like something that is very relevant to you as a writer, because you are in the fantasy genre, the oft misaligned fantasy genre. Are you one of those people who thinks that fantasy belongs in sci-fi or sci-fi belongs in fantasy? Tell me now. I mean, what's the difference? Like, who cares? Okay, that's an acceptable answer.